Welcome, welcome back to Pass Your Life and Health Insurance Exam Podcast. I'm your host here, Biko. I'm excited to have you back. So, uh, I just hope you guys are liking the podcast so far. You're learning uh, and it's helping you to prepare for your exam. So, if you like the podcast so far, which I assume you do, if you like the podcast so far, if you think your learning is helping you prepare for your exam, then I have a, uh, a request. Could you please like, follow, no, uh, leave a feedback if you're listening to this uh, uh, on Apple Podcasts. You know, you can leave us uh, a review or you're listening to it on um, Audible or um, Stitcher or Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this, could you please like and follow and leave a review if, if, if this is helping you. In that way, it can help more people to discover this podcast. So, uh, last time I was on, I think it was about two weeks ago, we had a, uh, a webinar. Uh, and that webinar was on annuities. So today we're going to just talk about general insurance definitions. So these ones are very easy. And on your insurance exam, you're going to have three types of questions. You're going to have your easy questions. You're going to have your medium um level questions those are medium difficulty they're not too easy they're not too difficult things like um, annuities then you're going to have your difficult questions uh or your your difficult topics like um social security taxes those ones tend to be more difficult for a lot of people so what we're going to talk about today is the easy part of the insurance exam. So what you want to do, you want to maximize your points on these ones, okay? So if possible, you want to uh, pass all of these easy questions on your exam. So in that way, even if you were to get uh, only half of the um, difficult questions right, but because you've maximized all of your points with the easy questions, you've gotten maybe 90 or in 95% of the easy questions right, even if you get only half of the difficult questions right, you can still go ahead and pass your exam. So that's what we're going to discuss today. So the first thing uh, is insurance domicile. Insurer, no insurance company or insurer domicile. Again, for exam purposes, it's very good to know these general definitions. You got to know, know, first of all, what is insurer? I-N-S-U-R-E-R. Insurer is just another name for insurance company. It's the you know, insurance industry lingo or jargon for insurance company. So on, on your exam, very rarely will you see on the exam insurance company is going to say insurer. So just know insurer means the same as insurance company. Okay. Uh, the same thing, producer, 
for exam purposes means the same as agent okay so on your exam they may not say agent they may substitute that with producer you just have to know know they mean the same thing and the same thing uh for for few underwriter on your exam they may say a few underwriter but just know a few underwriter is an insurance agent and an insurance agent is a producer so they all mean the same thing an insurance agent is a producer or producer is a few underwriter okay so you just got to know those little uh, distinctions uh, because when you don't know and it comes on the exam for example you'll see few underwriter and you get lost like who is a few underwriter well an agent another name for an agent or a producer is a few underwriter okay so let's get back to the general definitions here so the first thing we're going to cover is insurer domicile what does that mean domicile means uh the insurers or insurance companies home office location okay so when the insurance company files for their article of incorporation when they're established they're established in a state you know so whatever state that they are established in let's say uh abc insurance company um files for article of incorporation and they establish their business in new york okay so new york is going to be the domicile for abc insurance company so in the state of new york abc insurance company will be considered a domestic company why because abc insurance company was formed in new york okay so if an insurance company is formed in a state that state will consider it a domestic company meaning that is formed in that state okay domestic means within state where it gets a little tricky is the difference between foreign and alien now most of the time when we think foreign we think you know of course outside of uh you know we think from another country right you think foreigner you think uh the person is from another country which is correct but for exam purposes just know that foreign refers to a company that was formed you no know, in another state but doing business in a different state okay so if if okay abc insurance company was incorporated was formed or established in new york but if abc insurance company is doing business in california then abc insurance company is going to be considered a foreign company in california because abc insurance company was established in new york not california so california will consider abc insurance company a foreign company because it was not formed in uh, california so it's foreign to california but whereas in new york because it's formed in new york is considered a domestic company so foreign just means for insurance purposes and for your exam foreign just means from another state now alien an alien insurer or an alien insurance company is an insurance company that was formed or established 
or incorporated in another country. Okay, so most of you are immigrants, I'm assuming. And when you come to America as an immigrant, you get something called an alien number. Or, for example, if your uh, if your if your immigration status is not um, no uh, no if your immigration status is illegal, you are referred to as an illegal alien. What does that mean? Uh, no, that means you are from another country. You no, know, you're you're alien to America, right? You're alien. So think about when you see on the exam alien, just think another country. Okay, alien, you're from another country. You have illegal aliens; they're from another country. So alien insurer is from another country. All right. So in this case, let's take another example. Let's say. ABC Insurer was incorporated in Canada, but now it is doing business in Florida. ABC Insurer will be considered a domestic company in, uh, in Canada because that's where it was in, in, uh, incorporated. And on the exam, it's going to use incorporated, established, or formed, okay, but they all mean the same thing. Formed, established, incorporated, all means the same, okay. So, ABC insurer uh, that's formed in um, Canada will be considered a domestic company in Canada. But now, if a, if ABC insurer starts to do business in Florida, it's going to be considered an alien company in Florida. Why? Because it's from another country okay so let's go back domestic means uh, a company that was incorporated in that state and doing business in that state so that's domestic it was incorporated formed established in that state if that company that was formed in that state goes to another state and does business in that state in that state is going to be considered a foreign company if if it does business in a completely different country, then it's going to be considered alien to that country. All right? So let's go over a few questions here to just make sure that we um, get this correct. Okay. So this question says, an insurer organized under the laws of a different state inside the United States is known as which of the following? A, domestic. B, alien. C, authorized. D, foreign. Okay, let me repeat that question. An insurer organized under the laws of a different state inside the United States is known as which of the following? A, domestic. B, alien. C, authorized. D, foreign. I'll give you a few seconds to guess that answer. Now, if you guess D, foreign, you're correct. Because this question says it was organized under the laws of a different state inside of the United States. Because you know it's inside of the United States, so it's not going to be alien, right? But it was organized under the laws of a different state inside the United States then it's known as foreign. All right, let's, let's take another question here. 
right? It says, which of the following is not an example of a company's incorporation location? A, domestic. B, alien. C, foreign. D, emitted. Okay? Which of the following is not an example of a company's incorporation location? Okay? Again, location is the same as domicile. Okay? So, A, domestic. B, alien. C, foreign. D, admitted. So, a company can only have one of three incorporation uh, locations. It can either be a domestic, alien, or foreign. D says admitted. So, D is wrong. Ad, no, admitted is not an incorporation location. Okay? The three incorporation locations or the three domicile locations are domestic, alien, and foreign. All right? So, the answer for that was D. Because it says which of the following is not a company's incorporation location. All right. So let's take this one. It says an insurer license to operate business in Washington, D.C., but domiciled in Maryland will be considered a blank insurer in Washington, D.C. A. Foreign. B. Non-admitted. C. Alien. D, domestic. Let me repeat that question. An insurer licensed to operate business in Washington, D.C., but domiciled in Maryland will be considered a blank insurer in Washington, D.C. A, foreign. B, non-admitted. C, alien. D, domestic. What is the correct answer? The correct answer in this case will be a, foreign. Why? Because that insurer is licensed to do business in Washington, D.C., but it is domiciled in Maryland. That means its, it's home office um, is in Maryland, means it was incorporated. So when you hear, when you see um, domiciled, when you see incorporated, when you see established, when you see forms, they all mean the same thing, okay? They mean where that company is located or where it was formed. So in this case, the insurance company is licensed to do business in Washington, D.C., but it was but it is domiciled. That means it's located um, or, or, the, or the headquarters, you know, is in Maryland, that means that it's established in Maryland, it's incorporated in Maryland, so it will be considered a foreign company in Washington, D.C. But in Maryland, it will be considered a domestic company. And let's take one last question on that because I tell you guys, this is one of the easiest topic on the exam. There is no reason you should get this wrong. These, these are easy points. You should be able to get this very easily. All right, let's, let's, take, uh, let's take one last question on that topic. Uh, a blank insurer is one that was established outside of the United States of America. A, alien. B, foreign. C, international. D, international or foreign. Again, let's repeat that. A blank insurer is one that was established 
outside of the United States of America. E, alien. B, foreign. C, international. D, international or foreign. What is the correct answer? I'll give you a few seconds. So we know that there is no nothing called international. Okay, there is no insurance location, no insurance company location called international. So we know C is definitely wrong. But anytime you see established outside of United States, you know it's alien. So the correct answer for this one will be alien. Any insurance company that is established outside of the United States of America or that is domiciled outside of the United States of America. Again, you have to watch these. These are the four key terms you're going to see on the exam. It will, it will either say domiciled either, um, or if it doesn't say domiciled, it's going to say established, it's going to say formed, or it's going to say incorporated. But they all mean the same thing. But in this case, the key word is, is you no know, outside of the United States, so you know that it is automatically alien. So I, I tell you guys, this one is guaranteed 99.9% .9 will be on your exam. It's, it's on the exam outline for every single state. So this will be on your exam. The last thing I just want to go over quickly, the last um, general insurance topic that again, this falls in the easy category there is no reason for you guys to get it wrong. It's something called certificate of insurance. So every insurance company, again, I'll use insurance company, insurer interchangeably. But every insurance company must get a certificate of authority from the state's insurance um, department before they can be able to operate in that state before they can be able to transact insurance business in that state. So just think about certificate of authority is the same as license for agents, right? It's just different names, but it's just that piece of paper, right? That gives you the right to transact business in that state. So if you're an agent, that piece of paper is called a license, right? Uh, if you're an agent or a producer, you, you issue a license to operate uh, in that state, to transact insurance business in that state. If you're an insurer, what gives you the authority to transact business in that state is called a certificate of authority. Now, where people get a little confused is on, on the exam, though, intentionally um, put in the answer choices, certificate of authority, and then one of the options would be certificate of insurance. Certificate of insurance is issued to group insurance members. So if you have a group insurance, right? If you're an employee and you're on your employer's group insurance, you will get a certificate of insurance. And then your, uh, your employer will get the master, um, no, master policy or master contract. So don't confuse certificate of insurance with certificate of authority. Certificate of insurance is issued to group uh, insurance members, but certificate of authority, think about authority, certificate of authority. They are giving you the authority. They are giving the insurance company the authority to transact insurance business. So 
is certificate of authority is granted to insurance companies. That is the equivalent of a license you know, for them to transact business. But for exam purposes, it's called certificate of authority. So on, on the exam, it's going to get a little tricky. They're going to say um, which document um, you know, authorizes insurance companies to transact um, business in the state. A, certificate of insurance. B, license. Uh, C, permit. And then um, D, certificate of authority, right? So it's not licensed. Agents, producers get licensed, not insurance companies. It's not certificate of uh, insurance because group insurance members get certificate of insurance, but not insurance companies. So the correct answer will be certificate of authority. All right. So let's take two examples here. Um, and just let's let's go over this. Okay. So it says here regarding a certificate of authority, which of the following options is not correct? Okay, the key word is not. On your exam, you have to pay keen attention because uh, about 30% of your questions uh, on the exam will have either not, no, not correct, false, um, except. So it gets a little tricky because our minds are programmed to find the, you know, the right answer, right? But when this one says which of the following is not true, so you're looking for the wrong answer in this case. All right. So which of the following options is not true about a certificate of authority? It says, A, it is only issued to life insurance policyholders uh, in this state. B, the commissioner has the authority to suspend or revoke a certificate of authority. C, it is issued by the State Department of Insurance. D, it is equivalent to an insurance license. So which of the following is not true? So we know that A is not true because it's A says it is only issued to life insurance policyholders. Well, we know that that is false, okay? It is issued to insurance companies, not life insurance policyholders. So we know A is false. So A will be the correct answer. We know B, the commissioner has the authority to suspend or revoke a certificate of authority. That's correct. No, the commissioner is the one who issues it, and the commissioner also has the power to suspend or revoke a certificate of authority. No, the same for an agent. Um, the commissioner of insurance has the power to suspend your license, has the power to revoke your license, has the power to issue your license. So we know that B is correct. C says it is issued by the State Department of Insurance. Well, the State Department of Insurance, the commissioner of insurance is all the same, right? And D says it is equivalent to an insurance license. That is also true. Again, for insurers, they don't get license, they get certificate of um, of authority, but it's the equivalent of a license. All right. So uh, let's do one, one more. It says an insurer is required to obtain a blank in order to legally transact 
insurance business in the state. A. Certificate of Authority. B. Certificate of Insurance. C. License. D. Business Permit. And of course, we know the correct answer is Certificate of Authority. All right. So I hope this was able to help you guys. Uh, I just wanted to clarify that quickly. Uh, let me just share something here. Uh, I've, I've gotten emails from a few of you who been asking about my next um, webinar or next training or stuff. So I have great news for you guys. Um, we have a tentative date. When I mean tentative uh, it's not set in stone yet. It just depends if we have a lot of people who show interest, then we can go ahead with that. But right now we're thinking about having a, um, having a one day boot camp to prepare you for your exam, for your life insurance exam. We're looking at uh, April 30th, Saturday, April 30th. So about roughly a week and a half from now. All right. So if you're interested in that bootcamp, again, it's not set in stone. Uh, if, no, if we don't get, you know, uh, a lot of people interested, then we're just going to go ahead and cancel it. But if we get a lot of people who fill out the survey saying that they're interested, then we can go ahead and schedule that for Saturday, April 30th. We're looking at about between six to eight hour uh, intense um, one day boot camp will go through all of the topics on the insurance exam for the general portion to help prepare you for your exam. And from past experience, students who've gone through those, about 95% of the students who um, took our boot camp went on to pass the exam. All right. So if you're interested, I have the link no, in the description, again, uh, I'll make it easy. I'll give you the link. It's tinyurl.com. So T-I-N-Y, U as in umbrella, R as in Robert, uh, L as in Larry, dot com, forward slash Menzo, uh, M Michael, I, uh, Ice Cream, N Nancy, Z Zebra or Oscar again, you can find that um, link in the description. So it, it's just a quick survey, It'll take you about two to three minutes. You know, to answer, just ask for your name, your email address, your phone number. Um, you no, know, uh, you no, know, what, what state uh, exam do you want to take, and when do you want to take your exam? That is it. So once we have, you know, few people fill that out and it shows that people have interest, then we can go ahead and send a payment link. Now, it's not going to be free. I, I you know, we wanted to make it free, but I just know from experience that most of the time when things are free, people take it for granted. People will register and people will not show up. Um, because it's free, they have nothing to lose. So just, just to ensure that people who sign up show up, because if you sign up and you don't show up, you're, you know, you're robbing those who really wanted to, you know, you know, to 
participate because you got that spot you didn't show up now you're robbing those people of the opportunity okay so to just ensure that people show up we're just charging again it's a small fee not much just nine dollars and 99 cents again most most uh, of our competitors would charge about $75 for an eight-hour boot camp, okay? Um, that's the industry um, average, between $75 to $100 for, for, for uh, a six- to eight-hour boot camp, okay? But we are only charging you $9.99. Again, we wanted to do it for free, but we just know from experience, most of the time when things are free, people don't show up and, you know, the waste, you know, you know, waste our time and the waste... Um, other, you know, they take the opportunity away from other people who, you know, you know, who could have used that spot. So just for that reason, we're charging a very small fee, $9.99, not much at all compared to paying $75 or $100. Bucks, it's just $9.99. So if you're interested, fill out the survey, um, you know, fill that out as, as soon as possible because seats are limited. Uh, once we reach uh, uh, a certain number, I think our target is 50. So once we, once we reach 50, we're going to close it out, okay? But it's going to be an interactive training where you have the opportunity to ask questions and we're going to go through all the exam, you know, outline, um, you know, line by line, and we're going to go through all these topics. This is just one uh, of many topics we're going to cover, all right? So again, if you're interested, you know, do it now. Go. It will take you two to three minutes, no more than three minutes. Fill out our survey. Once you fill it out, we're going to send you the payment link, and um, you no, know, you can go ahead and, and and register. All right. So, I hope you guys were able to find value in this. Thank you very much for listening. Please do not forget if you like this podcast, if it's of value to you, please like, subscribe, follow. And even better yet, you can leave a review. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll be here same place uh, pretty soon. Thank you and have a good day.